the Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio. Okay, welcome to another Rock and Roll American Football. Jay by himself. Uh, that should be the name of my one-man play, shouldn't it? Jay Lawrence here. Carter uh, unavailable again. So unfortunately, you are stuck with me. Hopefully, I will make this at least 6 out of 10, maybe even 6.5 out of 10 entertaining, basically giving you my thoughts on what's going on in the NFL. Ridiculous, some of it. Some of it fairly standard. But still, as we gear up to Christmas, I think that there's only one thing that we should do, and we should try and get Father Christmas involved in this, really, and just you know figure out what we would gift certain NFL teams at the moment because some of them they need a little bit of help or some of them they need the opposite of help but we just thought we'd just give them a bit more anyway because why not the first thing I want to start with actually is completely not to do with Christmas whatsoever uh, unless you're Deron Williams the uh, former NBA all-star presumably I'm saying his name right I'm not going to pretend that I'm a uh, that I'm a huge NBA fanatic Uh, so he made his boxing debut on Saturday Uh, And who did he defeat? Frank Gore, as in NFL great Frank Gore. This was actually on the uh, undercard to, was it Jake Paul off of being an idiot on the internet? Anyway, so Deron Williams wins that unanimous decision in this exhibition bout, right, against Frank Gore. And then what's he do? He retires immediately. Which is basically, I don't know really what that's saying, because I doubt it's saying when I've beaten Frank Gore, so, you know, I have nothing else to prove. I I doubt that. Uh, But Frank Gore, however, wants a rematch. Frank Gore wanted to show off, you know, what he can do in a ring. And I'm not going to lie to you, Frank. You probably had some more left in the tank when it came to the NFL. You've been playing for long enough. You could have just carried on. How old are you now, Frank Gore? 38 years old and he was still doing it as a running back last season and he decides to you know go boxing instead I always think that 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 happens a lot doesn't it happens too much is when a uh, some sort of sports great after a certain number of years uh, you know being amazing in their sport it's just like yeah I'm going to turn to boxing now and it's like well no who who said that you'd be good at boxing nobody said that nobody said that you'd be a good boxer Frank Gore or do you remember when uh, it, uh, this is a, a non-NFL player now. Uh, Freddie Flintoff, Andrew Flintoff, you know, now known for being off a of Top Gear and that, but once an amazing cricket player, and then he went boxing. Why did you do that, Andrew, or Mr. Freddie, or whatever? Why? There's no point. You just you just make yourself look like a fool. Anyway, Frank Gore, thank you for uh, being uh, part of. At the very least, the podcast uh, this week, uh, but in reality, a lot of people's confusion, I think, over the last few days, and the fact that this other guy retires, I think it just shows you up a little bit, Mister Gore. Anyway, I think Frank Gore's son is um, in his. If he hasn't been uh, gone into the NFL yet, then he will be uh, going into the NFL very soon. There we go. So he's 19 years old. Frank Gore Jr. plays for uh, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. So. If he was going to be uh, part of the NFL, which, you know, I guess he's hoping to be in the next year or two, if his dad just clinged on, clinged on, they could be it could be playing running back for, I don't know, the Lions or, or whoever uh, in a year or two's time. But OK, maybe. <clears throat> obviously not. Frank Gore wants to live out his wrestling fantasy. Wrestling fantasy. That'll be next. Won't be boxing. He'll go into wrestling. WWE will be like, well, you can't box, but do you fancy, do you fancy uh, going into WWE, Mr. Gore? Anyway, that is my uh, one non 
Christmas-related thing, I suppose, to uh, talk about today on the Rock and Roll uh, American Football podcast. Uh, instead, what we'll do is we'll talk about um, some little gifts that we figure we're going to give to uh, to different teams in the NFL. I just want to start with maybe maybe a weird one. Maybe not so much a weird one. I, I think that the Seattle Seahawks need the gift of a complete new start, to be honest with you. Seattle Seahawks, for the first time in many years, are going to end up with a losing record um, after being beaten 2010 by the LA Rams last night, Tuesday night. Um, in, in, in what was a game that I just think made Russell Wilson, somebody who's looked superhuman for so many years, uh, playing in Seattle, look, well, distinctly human, I think. I don't know if Russell Wilson particularly wants to be there next year. I don't know if Seattle Seahawks fans really want um, Pete Carroll, the head coach, to really be there in the next few years. Pete Carroll, who obviously you know got to two Super Bowls um, with the uh, the Seahawks winning one of them, you know Russell Wilson having you know what is what should be considered a very successful career so far in Seattle. Does he want to be there? There were lots of rumours over the last twelve months. Well, no, actually, that he'd consider a trade to several teams. And, and what I do think over the every time I've been you know reading or listening to stuff about this is those teams seem to change every single time. It could be the Bears, but that seems unlikely now. Uh, it could be the Raiders. Uh, the the Saints is always one that pops up. The Broncos is one. You know, there's a couple of teams that I think will probably be interested. The Saints would probably be interested. The Broncos would probably be interested. And there'll be other teams I'm sure would be anyway if his uh, calibre of quarterback came up. But from a Seattle Seahawks point of view, you might want Russell Wilson to still be there. He might not want to be there. Pete Carroll, uh, I think, has almost run the enthusiasm of the franchise into the ground over the past couple of years. I wonder if you're a Seahawks fan, if his style of of football is really something that you're just now getting a bit tired with because when you don't get the results like you haven't had this year, I know that you've had Wilson out for a few games, but when you haven't had the results and you're still playing maybe a brand of football that you're not entirely in love with, that doesn't really excite you too much, then maybe you're thinking, actually, I just want to, just want a fresh start now. And also Pete Carroll, let's, let's remember as well, despite him looking exactly the same age as he has done over the last 20 years, Pete, Ga- Pete Carroll is, you know, 70 years old looking about 55 let's be honest he looks about 55 and if he dyed his hair he'd probably look younger than that so I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from Pete Carroll or if he retires or whatever I think it'd be sad though if he would I don't think he'd get fired I just don't think he just I don't think he even deserves that I think it'd be a sad end to his career but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets pushed to resign if not this year then maybe soon after that um, depending on you know what their succession plan if they have one at all and let's just stay on the Saints, actually, for a second, uh, because I support the New Orleans Saints. Um, there is a uh, strong possibility that they need the gift of having pretty much every single position as a wrapped-up gift on Christmas Day on the offense. Because they have, over the last few years, or over the last 15 years, really, uh, in New Orleans, been uh, an incredible offensive team. It kind of slipped slightly over the last couple of years, you could argue, with Drew Brees just maybe showing his age a little bit, maybe his arm strength. But in reality, he was always able to find somebody, even if it was a dink and dunk pass. And the offense had big players. Last year, 
Michael Thomas, granted, was injured for a lot of it, but Michael Thomas being the number one ride receiver, Emmanuel Sanders was there, you know, even Jared Cook being the uh, the tight end. So many players went in the offseason. Michael Thomas still injured. Alvin Kamara was injured for, you know, a few games uh, this year. The, the the thing that has happened is that they have no weapons. And they and they barely have a quarterback at the moment, let's be honest. Taysom Hill, the, the Swiss army knife of a wide receiver, he has gone in there and he has been what you kind of expect Taysom Hill to be, which is a probable backup quarterback in the NFL and a pretty good Swiss army knife and, and you know, jack of all trades in other positions. The wide receiver unit at the moment is poor. The tight end unit is poor. Hey, I tell you what, let's just give the New Orleans Saints a wide receiver. Somebody that can actually get a little bit of space. Somebody that can actually catch the ball. Somebody that can maybe inject the offense with a little bit of uh, juice after, uh, you know, be doing a run after the catch. I think that there's a, a lot to say about the New Orleans Saints in the defense and the fact that they made Tom Brady throw away his uh, Microsoft Surface tablet, which I'm not sure, by the way, just to decide if that's good publicity or bad publicity for Microsoft. You know, Tom Brady getting so angry that he didn't even manage to score one point against the Saints and he threw away his tablet. Um, but, you know, is that good? Because, I mean, like, Microsoft Surface is getting lots of publicity now. It's been, you know, on the news and all of that. Oh, he threw away his tablet. Like, he literally broke it, he threw it on the floor. Well, yeah, but is that saying a lot about the tablet? Maybe he's annoyed. Maybe it was slight. Anyway, I'm not sure. I've lost my point now. This is this is why it's bad without me without me having Carter to be with me. It just ends up that I just end up rambling, and I'm not quite sure where I'm at. Uh, I think I was getting at that the Saints defense extraordinary to stop the Bucks from scoring even one point that's incredible you know I didn't watch the game I woke up in the morning and I saw the score and I got extremely confused you know nine nothing no touchdowns in the game but the Saints offense meanwhile yeah they they didn't do its job if they'd lost that game 10-9 we'd be speaking about how awful it was from the Saints about how their offense just has nothing so the fact that they've sort of gotten away with one in this game is really what should be spoken about more. They need some juice. They are in the running to be in the wild card uh, round, potentially with the seventh, maybe even the sixth seed, depending how things go, or the eighth, ninth, and they won't even get in it. But if they do get there, I think it's going to be tough to even get through because there's just nothing on the offensive side of the ball. So this offseason, I think it's going to be a big one. I mean, Jameis Winston might come back as quarterback. I'd, I'd say it's probably skewing likely if he's fine after you know his, his ACL tear and it's looking to be that he'll be okay. If he comes back, then you need to completely make sure that you have got some weapons around you, whether that's through free agency or whether that's through the draft and Michael Thomas you know, hopefully being fit and well for the first time in two years. We'll see. So I suppose, actually, you know, actually just, just finishing off on that really quickly... Uh, we, I should probably give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and specifically Tom Brady a new Microsoft Surface tablet since he broke it. Merry Christmas, Tom. I also give the Dallas Cowboys the present of not being praised by their owner slash is it chairman? I think he's chairman slash general manager Jerry Jones. This happens. This happens too much. Jerry Jones, who obviously is in love with the football team that he's. Uh, you know, brought super, brought uh, you know, super bowl titles to. 
albeit a long time ago, uh, and has been obviously involved with day-to-day for decades and decades, in love with his team, owns it, all of that, I understand that. But I do wonder if there's some rose-tinted glasses every now and again. I'm not saying that his team aren't good. I think they've shown them some really admirable qualities, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. But it does seem like Jerry Jones, every single year, talks up the Dallas Cowboys to a degree, which only means that it just sort of falls flat in his face. And the latest one was this from yesterday. Jerry Jones has likened the 2021 defensive line to Cowboys' Super Bowl-winning fronts of the 1990s. And that's completely fine, because the the defensive line and the defense on the whole actually for the Cowboys has been extremely impressive especially towards the last few games uh, of this NFL season however I just think that Jerry Jones should just I don't know just sort of calm down a little bit only because if you're comparing anything to Super Bowl you know winning uh, parts of your team you are kind of expecting the best which means that there's only one way that it can go which is you can't get any better than winning the Super Bowl I mean, it's literally just not possible. You cannot do that. So it's only one way, and that is down, unfortunately, which means that if the, the, the Cowboys, whether it's the defensive line or the defense or, or whatever as a whole, go down over the next few games, Jerry Jones is, again, going to just look a little bit foolish. I don't think that anybody's going to really be focusing on it too much, but I just think that maybe, maybe you can just, you can just, I don't know, calm, not calm down a little bit, Jerry, or just... Keep it to yourself or just just grin. When, when you get asked about it, just be like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a thought. And lastly, I just want to uh, use this present. Uh, this <clears throat> and lastly, I just want to... And lastly, I just want to give you a present. And when I say a present, I mean plug something of my own that you might find interesting, especially if you are an NFL fan, which I presume you are because it's like, you know, 13 minutes into this episode. Um, on the next, over the next few days on Absolute Radio is a documentary that I am hosting that I've been working on for uh, a few months uh, alongside Nick Harris, who's been producing it with me. Now, it is not necessarily about the NFL, but it is heavily, heavily to do with it at the same time. So it is called The Saints Are Coming, and it is all about the collaboration between U2 and Green Day back in 2006, raising awareness, raising money to bring back music to the city of New Orleans after the devastation of Hurricane Katrina a year earlier. Now, a lot of it is set in New Orleans, and in fact, um, it culminates in the performance of U2 and Green Day at the Louisiana Superdome, uh, the first home game for the New Orleans Saints after Katrina against the Atlanta Falcons, a game which is now sort of steeped in Louisiana lore, in a way, L-O-R-E, that is, uh, purely because it sort of showed that New Orleans was back. And this performance from U2 and Green Day um, in some sort of way, ended up being a cathartic experience for so many people there. And this one song, The Saints Are Coming, covered by U2, covered by Green Day together, uh, was originally a song from the 1970s, a punk song written by uh, this Scottish band called The Skids. It was actually written by the frontman, Richard Jobson, when he was 15 in a library in Dunfermline. 
and somehow it ended up being this anthem to the grieving city of New Orleans. Anyway, the documentary, an audio documentary being on Absolute Radio is Wednesday the 29th of December. It's at 9pm. Now, if you missed that, that's absolutely fine. Do not worry about it. You can also listen to it on the free Absolute Radio app afterwards. And I would love it if you did. I'd love it if you let me know if you listen uh, and what you think of it as well. I mean, if you hated it, don't let me know. Just no point, not helping anybody. But if you liked it, that would be it'd be amazing to uh, to let me know what you think. <laughs> I get it helps my own ego, if nothing else. And that's about it for Rock and Roll American Football this week. Bit of a different one, obviously. Hopefully Carter will come back soon. Uh, for one reason or another, he's not been able to uh, join us over the last few weeks. Um, but if I do not catch you before, and I won't, have a lovely Christmas. I hope that you can enjoy it as much as you can wherever you are and with you know whoever you're with. And I will catch you next week during the weird crimbo limbo period. The Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio.